0: Oh. and welcome to Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Blaine Putve, and I'm joined up by my co-host, Treg Wilson.
1: Good day, good day from beautiful Ottawa. Where you actually have power? I have power. Yes. Uh, yeah. Our friends from uh, uh, Habs tonight does not. And Nick Lemire, she does not have power. Um, sorry, Nick. I hope you find some. <laughs>
0: she doesn't live close enough to politicians
1: see i live right down the road like you know i'm right here so
0: yeah you got the connections man you got the connections
1: absolutely not
0: <laughs> uh all right so this is uh episode 272 who's unfiltered we're just flying um we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Canadians prospects, world juniors, and a little bit of rumors that are out there. And we'll put our two cents in and you guys will either listen for 30 seconds and block us or, you know, if you've been drinking, you might listen the whole thing.
1: Dope and dope helps if you, you listen to drink, us
0: too. It does. Yeah. It does. Or edibles. But if you are going to drink, I suggest drinking Boxing Rock's Puck Off Lagerdale. It is delicious, and you can find it anywhere the NSLC sells beer.
1: And if you're not drinking and you want to look like our brother from another mother out in Kuwait, you want to get the the right clothing to wear. So you want liftoffapparel.ca. You want to go there and order anything you want. They got leggings, shorts, shirts, muscle shirts, women's stuff. (laughs) I don't don't know what they wear. Those bra things, sports bras and halter tops, I guess they're called. I don't know. But anyway, go there. You get a discount. Uh, 15% off your views unfiltered.
0: And... With hockey season just around the corner, for those who are going to be playing this year, maybe it's a good idea to get stocked up on some custom-made equipment that fits your needs. Go to our friends at nonamehockey.co and uh, use Habs 10 to save 10% on any purchase of custom-made sticks, gloves, uh, jerseys, socks, uh, hockey bags, whatever it is you need,
1: they've got it. Do they have cups? Cups. Yeah, custom-made cups. Like jock straps? Yeah, custom-made ones.
0: I've never had to order anything custom-made. Uh, I'm just a normal guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, mine needs to be really tiny. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's all the steroids. <laughs> no, not yet. that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, all right, so enough with our
0: uh, our plugging. We'll just dive right into the hockey now. Um, I'd like to start off with Jurav Slikovsky. So this summer, he has returned home, and he actually just won. Um, he dominated an awards gala in Slovakia. He was named the best forward and best player under 20, and also the Slovak player of the year, being the youngest player to win that.
1: Yeah, good for him. He's uh, Reagan in the awards. Now, I've been taking some criticism about Slavovsky because I've been talking good about him when before I was on the right train. <laughs> uh, all I want to say is I never bashed Slavkovsky. I never said he was a bad pick. I just thought at the time of the draft, Wright would be the better pick. Um, having said that, I have no issue with Slavovsky being picked. Uh, I do think he has work to do. Uh, I think what he did in Slovakia is great and I think he deserves all the awards he got because last year for his country he was the best player in the country Um, at every uh, he was the leading scorer at every uh, tournament they had they were in and, uh, you know, and all things going up so let's get that out of the way first, Uh, (laughs) because I was taking a little bit of heat for it and Blaine you will know I had an epiphany the morning of the draft. Um, and I said to you, I said, I think the Habs are going to pick Slavosk, Slavkowski. And, uh, a lot of it had to do with, uh, Julia there from elite prospects when we seen her at the seminar, what she said, and it made perfect sense. Slavoski didn't care where he got picked. He just wanted to be the best player out of this year's draft. Uh, to me, that's a great character and uh, great motivation and uh, i'm happy with the pick and i'm i'm happy and excited that he's getting the uh, accolades he deserves
0: yeah that was julie rodenheiser who came yeah. up to the uh to our sports management uh, luncheon that we were at that day and yeah. y- you're right she made some really good points on the character of the young man i mean basically for me i was also in the belief that Wright was going to be selected because the canadians they needed centers. They needed some Mm -hmm. depth there. They need some skill up the middle, just skill altogether. And it's not a fact of picking for need. It was just, he's the consensus number one and he'd be the safer way to go for a new management team to go, especially if you're picking first overall in the hometown, but to their credit, they, they ignored all that and they went with the guy they felt was better off for, for what they want to do. And like you, I mean, I like Slavkovsky just fine. I think he's going to be a good player. I don't know if he's going to reach that top potential, but I hope he does. I hope he does. Um, and you can't really argue with his motivation because he's he says, I, I want to be the best from my draft class. So I hope he makes it. Um, he's winning the, the awards in Slovakia. I mean, you're right. He was their best player. He was the MVP at the Olympics won them a bronze medal. Um, and, and I'm going to slide this into a transition to the World Juniors. Slovakia would be a much better team at the Ju- World Juniors had Slavkovsky and his teammate, also Habs prospect, Philip Meshar, had joined the team because they got spanked by Canada 11-1. They barely got past uh, Latvia in overtime. You put those two guys on the team, they still lose to Canada, but maybe it's six to two or seven to three and they beat Latvia clean. And maybe they even beat Chechia
1: clean. Well, exactly. Chechia, mind you, Chechia looked well against Canada yesterday, um, but that was mostly goaltending that saved their necks there. Um,
0: <laughs> they basically had a shot per minute.
1: Yeah. Um, hey, come on. But I do agree. So Lakia had those two players, uh, Messar and uh um Slavkovsky they would be a different team uh you know Slavkovsky himself I think would have uh created a space for the other players because he would be the guy that they'd uh you know that you'd have to protect against um uh having said that they're not playing for them and uh um there's a reason for that because I think uh the Canadians want them both to play, start playing in North America and get ready for their uh Pro career or in the OHL? I think they are both get rights in the OHL. London for Slavkovsky. Yeah, don't,
0: don't think either are going to be in the CHL at all. I mean, uh, I know neither holds the rights to Slavkovsky.
1: I'm not sure who has. I don't remember if anyone has Messer. I don't know.
0: Someone has has his rights. I can't for the life of me remember who it is, but I believe it's also in the OHL. Kitchener. Kitchener owns okay. his rights.
1: Okay. So Um, I I don't think either one of them play there. I think they both go to Laval. Um, Well, actually, I think Slavosky starts with Montreal and then see how he goes before he hits the 10-game mark and then go from there. I I think that's what happens with him.
0: Well, the 10-game mark doesn't matter if you're playing pro.
1: That's correct. Yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah. So I think he starts in Montreal. Whether he stays in Montreal, I don't know. I don't, I'm with you and I have no issue with him going to the AHL. I have no issue with that. And if uh, this team's going to be all about the development and Martin St. Louis, who's come out and said, quote unquote, I am not going to sacrifice development for wins um, or something similar to that. I shouldn't say quote unquote, something along those lines, something along those lines. Um, Then I don't really have any issue with Slavowski being in Montreal either. Because if he's going to be developing just while in Montreal, and he's used to playing against men, he's used to playing against, you know, uh, it's just him getting used to the north, the smaller North American ice, um, then I, I have no issue with that. But if he's floundering in Montreal, then you got to send him to the AHL where he can get top minutes. So...
0: Yeah, they're gonna get. I think they're gonna give him every chance and every opportunity yeah. in Montreal. He'll probably start say on a third line with someone like a Dvorak, or even he might even start with Doc. So start there, start lower in the lineup, and then work his way up if they feel it necessary. Give him power play time because I think uh, Burroughs has mentioned uh, after the development camp that they had right, a- right after the, the draft, he was there and he mentioned how big he was how fast he was how efficient he was at winning the puck battles along the boards and then going to the net so he talked a little bit about using him as a power play weapon so that would be a good way to start and and if he does well he stays if he doesn't yeah send him to laval
1: i mean they could do the same thing with him they did with nick suzuki julian did with nick suzuki started him on the fourth line. Actually, I I wouldn't start Slavosky on the fourth line, but started him on the, and then he just worked his way up and never lost, never lost a spot. Uh, I, you know, I have no issue with that. It is an old school way to do it, but like you say all the time, Blaine, put him in the positions that you want him to play in. So he learns that's where he's at. So, I mean, if you want this guy for the power play, put him on the power play sink or swim. I mean, this is the season you can sink or swim with all your players. It doesn't matter. You're you're not making the playoffs. You're not uh, no sinking, really. Yeah, you're, you know, I mean, I personally believe they're going to be bottom 10, not bottom five, but who cares? They finish bottom five, they get a great draft pick. It's it's another good season, another another chance to get a great draft pick, and uh you move on from there. They are finally doing what Bergevin either wouldn't do or wasn't allowed to do. Uh and that's uh, when he first started, when he first started and that's start from scratch and say, you know what, we're going to suck for a couple of years. Let's benefit from that and then turn this team into a contender.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, even uh, Marco D'Amico in TSN 690 it, on Sunday, the 14th, as we record is Sunday, the 14th, Marco this morning mentioned that he believes that the Canadians are going to have the most goals against in the NHL. And I can't really disagree with you look at the blue line and it's in such disarray. You know, you don't know, there's no true number one. There's no, no one pairing you look at and you're like, yeah, that's a great pairing. So I can see it. Price being an issue. We'll get to that in a little bit. So yeah, I can totally see this year not really being that good. So why not take chances, throw guys in, try them out. There's going to be a ton of, uh, movement between Laval and Montreal. They're going to give pretty much everybody a chance. And one of those players is also at the world juniors right now. And that's Ian Mishak. He, I think he's going to, he's going to start in Laval. And I think he'll get a call up to see where he's at and maybe a, as a reward, but in the world juniors so far with Chech, uh, with the uh, Chechen team, he's the captain for the third time and he is their top player. And I'm going to be honest. He looked good against Canada, but he there was nothing he could do to slow them down. Canada's got three huge lines that are just flying right now. And where do you put Meshach? Who do you put him up against? McTavish, his uh, his Hamilton teammate, or do you put him up against uh, line because they were dominating possession? Like what? There was no matter who you put him up against, at least two other lines.
1: Uh yeah, I. I'm gonna say yes. Meshach played well, considering no one on that team played well. Because um, can't like you said, Canada That's just Canada just dominated that game, and if it wasn't for their goalie, that game would have been thirteen, fourteen to wow. whatever it was, one or two or whatever oh, they yeah. scored. But uh, um, so Meshach, so. Some people say, oh, my God, he looked terrible. Well, yeah, and, and considering, yeah, because everyone looked terrible against Canada, but he was taking the brunt of the minutes. He was up against the top lines, and it's like you said, all right, he plays against McTavish. Well, since they moved Waugh down to the second line, now you got another formidable line that can do just as well. Um, so I'm impressed with Meshack uh take Canada game away because nobody on Chechia played well in that Canada game um but if you're going to pick one out he would be him and the goaltender would probably be the two best players on the ice uh you can tell that he is here when the other you know what I mean Chechia other players are around there so you can tell he's at that extra step um and yeah I can uh, he's going to be in Laval um and I can see him getting a, a sh- I think you're going to see a lot of guys get a shot with Montreal this year. I think, like you said, there's going to be a rotation. Um, another guy who we're probably going to talk Well, we're going to talk about the Canada guys too. But uh, uh, I think same with the uh, defense. You talk about the defense. I think you're going to see a rotation of the young defenders go through Laval and Montreal as well, like Harris, Barron, uh, Jackeye, Gooley. I think you're going to see all those guys see NHL time but also being the AHL. Now, you say jumping them up and down is going to ruin their development, not if they're playing. It's not going to ruin their development. If 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 you bring them up to sit them in the press box, that's what ruins their development. If you bring them up, see how well they are in certain situations at the NHL level and go, okay, he needs more work at this. You send them back down so we can, you know, you talk to the, uh, um, you talk to Hool down in the at Laval, and say, hey, we need this guy work, you know, Gouley needs to work on this. To take that extra step and and to me that's what good development is between the two and they have that flexibility because you don't have to worry about waivers with these guys it's nope. hey Montreal isn't playing for a week you 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 and you go down to Laval and get some ice time in, um and vice versa right so uh it, it's going to be an interesting year you're going to see a lot of movement especially with the young guys um and we're, we're going to get to the, uh, I, I agree with Marco. I think the goals against will be up and they'll probably be, they were the worst defensive team last year.
0: You finished the, uh, they finished at 29th, I believe. Was it 29th? I
1: thought they were around 30th. But
0: they were close. Uh, but yeah. under, under St. Louis over his time as a head coach, just the 37 games and in that time frame, with all the others, I, they were around 19th. So not good,
1: but better. I mean, we'll we'll get in we'll get into this later. Um, <laughs> but going back to the world juniors and the prospects, uh I think Joshua was having a hell of a world junior. Uh he had the five-point night the other night with uh McTavish getting his four goals. Five points he I think he had five goal four, four three assists. Four. four goal, three assists, yeah, four point night. Yeah. Um good for him to uh take away maybe one of his own goals to give to McTavish so he can hit four. Um, That shows, that shows class and leadership and, you know, um, unselfishness. I don't think Joshua, Joshua sees Montreal next year, but. uh,
0: No, no. He's going to return to the queue. Yeah. But in this tournament, I mean, he's doing all those little things that translate well to a pro career and that's, You know, battling in the corners, playing well defensively, uh, finding ways to the front of the net, making plays in tight spaces. And he's he's doing the dirty work that allowed his linemates to shine. And then when he moved down to the third line with Grieg, um, he was was the catalyst for that line. So he's showing me he can play up and down a lineup, and do all those little things that bring success in a professional game. So I think this is a big step for his progression. He's not going to be on the NHL team because he he's not, it, it, he either makes the NHL or he plays junior. So he's going to be in junior. So have another dominant year junior. And then from there, he can move on.
1: Yeah. And uh, just so everyone knows his him going down to the uh, third line was not a demotion. It was a it no. was Canada spreading out their offense. So just so and everyone knows, how the game
0: and look how the game turned out against Cheche, the chechens yeah. by doing that uh, doing that one trade off that one move, they now have three lines that can dominate possession at all times.
1: Yeah, and and, and the issue they're having at the first of the game was they couldn't they couldn't score all their their the uh, yeah. Uh, Checha took away the center of the ice. A lot of their shots were coming from outside perimeter. The goalie is making saves like crazy. Uh, and and Checha did a great job of shutting their power play down, especially on that five-minute power play. Um, so props to Checha on that. But then once they realized that, wait a minute, we got three lines that could be a first line on any other team, uh, that that's when Canada just started putting, putting the game away.
0: They wore them down.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, I mean, throughout the game, Meshach played well, and he was just, he, he couldn't carry a team to win a game against a team like Canada. And is missing a ton of players that could have been at this tournament as well. And yet, this shows the depth in the Canadian system. Yeah. There is a ton of great players there. So, Agreed. It brings us to one that's in and out of the lineup right now and that's Riley Kidney
1: uh yeah he might uh someone was hurt yesterday so uh he might get in on the next game um uh let's let's reiterate Riley Kidney and Joshua were not originally on Team Canada uh in in December so uh I'm not even sure was Riley Kidney a camp before December so so that this is a big step for him and uh for him to even to be on the team is is, is good it's is a good thing for him now what he has to do now is when he is playing he has to really step his game up and show them that he deserves to stay there and i'm not saying that he's going to take anyone's spot even if he does because like you said the team's so deep um i mean you got a guy that probably any other year would have been at least a third line player um So it'll be interesting to see Kidney and and what he does if he plays the next game, which I think he, I think he, he should, or he will be. um, And uh, to see where he does. I mean, good for him. Uh, Riley Kidney had a great season last year. Uh, He got some time in the HL. I don't think he played a game though, but he did uh, practice in that with the team. Did he get one game? Yeah. I know Joshua Waugh got a couple games reg season and then a couple games in the playoffs. Um, So it, it'll be it, it'll be interesting but like everyone develops differently so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit there and say kidneys not as good as anyone else i'm just gonna say he's a different spot in his development than he had say with joshua law or my or anything yep. like that.
0: and keep in mind too uh there's still another tournament that's coming up here in halifax in december so a few Correct. months from now there is another world junior. So, whatever Kidney does here, if as long as he's, you know, he goes into practice, does his job, do, you know, works his tail off, does whatever the team asks him to, should be a good, play, a good team guy. He'll be back for the camp in December. Yeah. Maybe he gets a bigger role. So, same with the WA. I mean, they can both come back. They can both play. So, this is also setting up for the 2023 tournament.
1: Mm -hmm. i think that's where kidney if he if he's on the team which i think he will be just based on the fact he's on the team now and i can't see too much changing in what three months four months um yeah uh, that's where he's going to need to shine because a lot of these players that are in a tournament now probably won't be there in december um you know due to maybe playing in the nhl maybe playing somewhere else well, if he can, uh cool. yeah, if he can and do well, like you say, and do what he needs to do, be a team player, uh, stuff like that, even if it means riding the press box, you know, come out, work hard in practices, it's going to guarantee him that spot in December. And hopefully he can uh, get the chances in December to show that he deserves to be there.
0: I agree. And uh, you look at Finland. Finland's another team that has two Montreal Canadiens prospects in uh, Pateri Nurmi and Oliver Kapanen. Um, Nurmi's on their top pairing. Yep. And he's he's the one taking on more of the defensive responsibilities to allow a freewheeling uh, puck mover who just happens to be a Leafs prospect. So now he is the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> but Nurmi's doing all the dirty work. Allowing him to, to do what he does best and that's not play defense.
1: Well, like most like most prospects. Like most yeah. prospects.
0: But Finland's uh, looking pretty good. And they're they're the next team that Canada's gonna be up against. Yeah. And, and they're gonna yeah. be uh they're gonna be fighting for that top spot in their pool.
1: Yeah, and uh cap Captain was an interesting uh pick for the Canadians too, because uh you don't really hear a lot about them, but everyone talks highly of them. And uh, I mean, we when you have the cupboards as full as Montreal does, you are going to have to realize that not only these guys are going to make the NHL, at least with Montreal. Um, so, I mean, what's what's the defenseman? Nermy, is it Nermy?
0: Yeah, but Terry Nermy. He's an overager. He yeah, in this year's yeah. Draft.
1: So Nermy was just drafted this year, so we got time to wait on him. He is an overager, so you never know. You might see him in the AHL next year. You might see him in the SHL next year. Who knows where he's going to be? um but with captain and he he uh was drafted last year 2020 yeah he was drafted last year second round
0: second round pick
1: yeah second round pick he uh there's there's some hope for him to make it uh you know and, and like i say when you have cupboards as full as montreal you can't look at every prospect and go oh this guy's going to be this and this guy's going to be that so there's a big you know they all have to really step their game up and say hey I'm to get jump leapfrog these guys in the, in the depth charts, I got to really start doing this. And uh, I think captain is one of those guys that could do that. Um, you know, there were some high hopes when he was drafted in the second round and uh, we'll see where it goes. This, I mean, the world junior tournament is always a tournament that make kind can kind of make or break someone. It, you know, anyone who succeeds at the world juniors plays in the NHL it's it's almost a guarantee.
0: For the most part, yeah. I'm not saying they're successful
1: in the NHL. I'm just saying they end up playing in the NHL. <laughs> yeah. Now,
0: with with the uh, that deep prospect pool that you're talking about, uh, it's especially the forwards that are going to have to show that they can do more than just play center or play wing. They got to be a little bit more, um, more uh, willing to play in roles that they're not necessarily good at right now. So they got to improve on those other areas because there's a more of a competition. Whereas when you look at the defense, Montreal's defensive prospects, I mean, there's some good ones, but it's not that deep, especially on the right side. There's, there's Justin Barron, who's going to be getting his NHL shot this year. And I think he'll look pretty good overall by the end of the season. And then it's a gigantic drop off, and it goes to someone who's not even signed, and that's Logan
1: Mayu. Well, <laughs> Logan Mayu. So Logan Mayu last year was pretty much barred from any Montreal events or doing anything with Montreal, including development camps, uh, their little weight room thing that they do uh, with with the rookies and stuff like that, and uh, he wasn't invited to anything publicly related to Montreal. Um, for good reason, which we don't need to get into, everybody knows the story. Um, however, this year, after Hughes has said a few times uh we want to see how he develops as a person, more so than how he develops as a player. Uh, I'm starting to think that maybe they they're starting to be okay with the way he is as a person now. Uh he what he did come to the development camp this year, right after the draft. Uh, due to a shoulder injury he didn't participate he did on our on ice drills alone but he didn't participate in any uh on ice contact or anything like that he was at all their meetings he was at all their you know non-ice practices non-ice workouts in the gym and all this kind of stuff uh he was working with uh uh mary philippe poulain he was working with uh uh what's his name the uh, development guy uh Adam Nichols, Adam Nicholas, Adam Nicholas. He was working with him uh, and uh, Vincent Lecavier. He was working with him as well on the ice. So even though Montreal hasn't signed them, but they're, they're, I don't think the reason is personal anymore. I think it's because he's only played like 16 games in the past two seasons. Um, yeah. And then he was out with an injury. So he had a big start last year with uh, London. Um he had what a point per game? I think he had nine points in nine games. I think he ended up with 14 points in 16 games before he went down with a shoulder injury. Uh but he also just this weekend was with uh Nick Suzuki and Josh Anderson at the Lasso Country Festival in Montreal. Um so not only is he showing up to development camps, but he's also now presenting the Montreal Canadiens. Um So that's a big step. That's a big step for Logan Mayhew. Uh, And it's a big step for the Canadians because if this kid's as good as his 16 games showed last year, uh, you could have a top four defense, right-handed defenseman on your hand who can move the puck and shoot and do almost anything he wants, really. Um,
0: Yeah. I mean, a six foot four defenseman that can move like that, they're not easy to find. And, And this summer he's been training in Montreal. So that's another... Uh, another aspect that yeah. we should take into account but that brings me to depending on who you ask he's either overrated or underrated what do you think
1: I think 16 games isn't enough to tell really Um how, how can you say he's overrated or underrated when you've only seen 16 games and let's be honest his first nine games is when he scored most of his points so the seven games after that, he only had five points. I mean, still, he's still almost a point per game player. And it shows that he can be a dominant defenseman in the OHL. Um, but I, I think what he does in the OHL this year will determine, on, he's going to get signed, I think, regardless. But what he does this year, that's when you can sit there and say if he's overrated or underrated, if he plays an entire season. It's too early to yeah. tell. Yeah. You can't tell. I
0: I don't think the hockey side is going to be the issue for him. It's still that personal aspect because of what he did. Now, has he um, rehabbed his image enough? And for some people, it will never be enough. And, And I cannot blame them. I mean, what he did was horrible. But there's other people who have done much worse who are still revered. So where's the line? why is it okay for all those other people but not him if we're going to chastise him and bar him from playing we should do the same with all the others who have done that or worse
1: we would lose half the league but anyway um
0: well just judging by (laughs) all the shit going on with hockey canada yeah yeah absolutely and and i wouldn't be against it myself but one we don't know how many people have done this shit and two how uh, many hockey players would be left? They'd all be in Russian. The, the KHL will look pretty good. Um,
1: here's the issue I have with it. So I'm over and done with what he did. Like as long as the, the victim is taken care of and satisfied. Uh, and I don't know that nothing's really come out. I know they, he has spoken to them. I know the team has spoken to them. I know, Uh, Part of him moving forward has a lot to do by what management has said. Um, Mm -hmm. So, but in in my case, it's over and done with. Um, It's not the worst thing to happen in hockey, Um, but it's, it's not, you know, it's not something that should be tolerated either. Um, But here's the issue. If he is successful and he becomes this big, high-scoring, top-four defenseman, no one's going to give a shit. No one's going to Actually, care. Actually,
0: I think that there's there's some people that will stick to their values and will stick will. to that point, and, and I respect them for that. But others, if he takes off and goes somewhere else and meets that, that potential, they would shit all over the team for letting him walk. For
1: letting him go. I, but I think even if it's successful in Montreal, you're going to see a lot. Like you're, you're absolutely right. You're going to see the hardcore. This guy's this, ban him for life, get him out of here. Yada yada yada. Fine, I respect your opinion. I respect your, your stance. I understand it. I don't necessarily agree with it, but you know, and I don't agree with it because you know I believe what he's doing and what he's willing to do uh he's regretting what he did he he realizes what he did was wrong and he wants to correct himself um everything he said everything he's been very forward with the media he's been very forward with i mean as a matter of fact we wouldn't even know who he was if it wasn't him saying letting the media release his name in the interview he did um whether that's PR, whether that's his handlers doing that all for him, is irrelevant. It's irrelevant because, anyway, uh, not to get in too deep to this because it's it's talked about yeah. enough. Um, I just believe when a player is successful and they're they're helping your team win, people seem to forget the other side of things. So, yeah, uh, I think it's a moot point now. He's either going to be a Montreal Canadian or he's not. He's either going to be successful or he isn't.
0: Yeah, and uh, I want to stick to just the hockey because the rest is a gigantic minefield. And I'm going to be honest, I agree with you. I think he's going to end up getting signed just because. Now, are they going to sign him so they can trade his rights? If If let's say another team is interested in him, they could sign him and trade that trade him um but if they don't sign him that's not that bad either you still end up with a compensatory second round pick and that's why i don't think the calls for renouncing the pick are, are a good idea because either he can turn into something that you can trade or even in your system or you let it go and you get a pick
1: i uh I think they sign him, and yeah. but I think it's going to be based on. I I think the personal stuff they're starting to be okay with by allowing him to be a bit of a face yeah. of the team. They they wouldn't allow that if they they didn't think he was personally progressing. Um, so now we got to look at the hockey side of things. Is he the player they think he is in the OHL this season? Will determine that. I mean, if he comes out and he's a dud in the ohl and he's injury prone or he he just doesn't meet the expectations then they would be like well all right let him go you know what i mean
0: we will take that second round pick instead
1: we'll take that second round pick you know because technically he was the last pick of the draft so he was borderline second round pick anyway um however he was the last pick because of other reasons so
0: true um and, and you look at the hunter brothers and what they did to integrate him into their team, once his suspension in the OHL was up, they traded away their top def- the right-handed defenseman to make room for him on their top pairing, and he hadn't even played a game yet that year. So that says a lot about what they expect from him in London. Um, and the Hunter brothers are well known for developing NHL players. So another year under the Hunter brothers, and if he's healthy, we'll, we're going to see a lot more out of him. So uh, that part of it, the development side, I'm not too concerned with for me it's the health can he play a full season and if he can't don't sign him and take that second round pick it's really a a, a no lose situation right now for uh for hughes because he he can either get a decent prospect or a pick whichever one he wants so that part i can understand and i if he's not signed this summer he won't be able to go to that rookie tournament that's going to be going on in buffalo and that's coming up in a couple of weeks And the Canadians have a plethora of prospects that are going to show what they got when they go there. Now, is there any one that you would like to watch?
1: Caden Gooley. I want to see if Caden Gooley, if he's dominant in that tournament, that will tell me that he's going to start in the NHL or not. Um, When I say start in the NHL, I mean not necessarily be there the entire year i mean maybe start the season there um that's who i'm interested in seeing just because with the whl i didn't i don't see a lot of Caden gooley i don't see a lot of his play uh except highlights and stuff like that so i want to see what he does in the non-highlights um watching highlights is great but you're only going to see what they do good so uh you know i want to see like, uh, what does he need to improve on? Uh, you know, can this easily be fixed with the right development? Um, but he's the one I'm most interested in seeing is Ghouli and uh, Arbor Jack Eye. You know, I'm a huge Arbor Jack Eye fan. Um, I want to see how well he does and uh, whether or not, I mean, these are all rookies. They're all around the same age, but it's, 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 it's still an NHL style look. Uh, because they're all potential NHL players. Uh so those are the two guys that I'm looking at 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 the most because they're the two guys for me that I think are going to be future defensemen with the with the with the Canadians. So
0: I'm kind of with you as well on the blue line. There's there's two guys that I want to see on the blue line and how they fare against uh better competition than you know. I mean, this is going to be a bunch of guys who are the best players of their teams in junior, uh, yeah. some of them with experience in the AHL. So uh, Jordan Harris. I want to see how he does because he only had eight games at the pro level. I want to see how he does with a larger role. Uh, give him give him a top pairing role and see what happens. I want to see how he reacts, how he, if he can take over a game like he did in the NCAA. And, and the other player is uh, Justin Barron. I want to see how his ankle has recovered because watching him here when he's training in Halifax he looks like he's moving well, but he's not going up against full contact. He's not going up against high end competition because he's playing against a bunch of old beer leaguers and a couple NHLers.
1: Uh, the thing I, uh, the thing I liked about Justin Barron is when he got injured, uh, just right up until he got injured, he didn't look out of place in the NHL. He didn't look, uh, you know what I mean? Like you look at a rookie sometimes, yeah. and you're like, okay, yeah, he's there, but you know he looked pretty much all right he looked comfortable he looked you know he's going to make his mistakes he's a rookie of course he's going to make his mistakes um but uh uh, that and then he got in and then it just seemed like he was going this way then he got hurt and now you got to kind of back that bus up a bit and see what uh yeah how, how it goes from there um, but I mean,
0: and especially with, uh, Robodock coming in as a coach, uh, for the defense in Montreal, I think that's going to help him if he sticks in Montreal full season.
1: Yeah. I truly believe Baron does. And I think a lot of it has to do yeah. with the lack of right-handed defenseman. Um, there's that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Barron plays a full season in Montreal. I don't think he's going to be one of those guys rotating down to the AHL. Ninety percent because they don't have enough right-handed defensemen. Although Schooneman can play both sides, and I believe so can uh, Matheson. So, we'll and see. and Harris, and Harris, yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll see. with say like a Gouli and maybe a Jack Eye every once in a while. And I I have yeah. no issue with that. I have no issue with because you don't want to get these guys up there and have them as the fifth, sixth, seventh defenseman. Uh, if that's not where their career is going to be in Montreal, you need them to rotate up into that top four, maybe not the top pairing, but, you know, put them on with uh, move Edmondson over, I guess, if you want him. you know what I mean? Like you got to, you got to move them. Around. And I think Wideman's going to be a good teacher there as well. Like on that bottom pairing, mm-hmm. I think Weidman's very underrated for his uh, um, leadership skills. I think. Um, yep. Yeah, I agree uh and i think he was a good fit in montreal last year on that bottom pairing he, they paired him up with harris a few times he was paired up with uh shuneman and, and they did well and he communicated well with them and 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 stuff like that. so i think i mean Wyman's not your greatest defensive defenseman um but he's not terrible either like he's not a gustafson he's not all offense no defense um you know, he's a guy but,
0: that's had to learn the position. He's had to figure out tricks yeah. of the trade to make himself more efficient, which is also helpful when he's passing it on to the young guys. I mean, yeah. you just listen to what he was saying on the Raw Knuckles podcast uh, that just came out this week, and he walked through his entire career, how he got to where he is, and his his mental state, where he is now, and, and everything shows that he is a leader. He yeah. is. Uh, someone who's going to help the youth, just like you mentioned. Yeah,
1: and 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 like I said, I don't think people see that in Wyman. They see what he said in the taxi when he was in Ottawa, and uh, you know, which I respect him for. Which he wasn't lying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> who hasn't shit on their boss? I mean, let's be honest. Who in who has a job that hasn't gone gone out for a beer with a friend and just just shit all over their boss? I know people do it to me as I'm their boss. I walk in and they were shitting on me, you know, make it, you know, saying crap about me. I let it slide. I really don't give a shit. You people are allowed to vent. And what happened there was the the Uber driver released a frigging video and it it was dirty. It was underhanded. If anyone deserves a punch in the mouth, it's the Uber driver.
1: I agree. I agree. And, uh, but just getting back to Wyman, I think he's going to be good for the young guy's development. I think, uh, yeah. I think it's going to be a tough year for the defense next year for Montreal. Um, Yeah. Because I'll say this: I like Matheson, but he's not the defender Petrie was, and Petrie wasn't that great of a defender either. So, uh, well, Petrie actually Petrie looked like a problem, Petrie looked like. And then he looked like Phil Bork the other game back of the defense. So. Petrie was weird on defense. Like one game you watched him, you're like, man. And then he has these huge brain farts. But uh, Kulak was the same way, actually. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, Brett Kulak was the same way. But uh, I think Matheson's a little bit the same. I think Matheson is Petrie six years ago. (laughs) Really. Yeah, you know,
0: honestly, I I agree. Um, (laughs) I think Matheson is ideal for a second pair. But the problem is... In Montreal, he's, he's going to have to play top pair minutes.
1: And same with David Savard. David Savard's a great second, third pair defenseman, but he's going to have yeah. to play top pairing. And I, I've heard it. I wrote an article about trading Jake Allen. And for some reason, everyone wants Savard traded, even though he doesn't play goal. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, he's the worst defenseman in the league, which is wrong. He was one of the better Montreal defensemen when he came back from his injury under Martin St. Louis. But sure, whatever. Uh, but you have a guy... Who's a uh, four, five, six guy playing two guy? You know,
0: yeah. It doesn't you're work. Not, you're not setting him up for success,
1: right? Um, and then you're going to have, of course, yeah. Matheson on the on the on the left side, who's again a number two, three guy, and he's going to be, I'd say, three, four, sure, and he's going to be one, two. Then, of course, you got Edmondson and probably Barron on your second pairing.
0: Yeah, now you're got now you going into the youth, the, the inexperience. Yeah. And Weidman's, Weidman's good and all, but he's more of a third-pairing defender who can take some power play time.
1: Right. And... So
0: the Canadians overall on defense, they're not that good. Eww. There's going to be some good pieces in there, but everybody's playing outside of the role they should be playing in. Uh, and exactly. well above it
1: exactly
0: and that's the problem yeah. so we got to take it with a grain of salt some of these guys are going to make some errors because they're playing against better opposition than they should be so yeah i can see why marco d'amico mentions hey they're going to give up a lot of goals and, and that brings me to what you mentioned jake allen how people are talking about trading jake allen and the canadians are going to need solid goaltending to kind of insulate that defense. Now, the big question mark is, is Carey Price going to play?
1: Stephen White thinks so. Stephen White thinks he's going to play.
0: Yeah. And and even if he does play, is he going to be the Carey Price of old? No. He's 35 years old uh, in a couple of days, and he's on the downward slope of a wonderful career that's going to be in the Hall of Fame about a guy with knee injuries who can maybe play 40 to 45 games is he going to steal games for the canadians uh do you really want him to these are the questions these are the questions that are hanging over the team right now
1: well maybe price looks at the defense and goes you know what guys my knee really isn't great uh i'm just gonna (laughs) sit this one out um so i i did an article to to um, about Allen being maybe traded to Vegas because Vegas literally has no goalies. Like Broussard's on the IR. Leonard's now on the long-term IR. Now Broussard will probably be back next year, but Broussard's not a number, Not he's not a starting goaltender. What about Thompson? He's he, too young. He got, he got 12 games career in the NHL. Like, do you, do you want to throw him into that? And Vegas is a team who's looking to make the playoffs. You know, they're a team that, hey, <laughs> We're a playoff team. We just have this big hole in our nets. Um, so my suggestion was Jake Allen could be a good move, even though I think he has more value at the trade deadline. But he could be a good move for Vegas, not so much for Montreal to pick up picks and prospects, but for so Montreal to dump dump a salary. So Montreal calls Vegas and say, "Hey, you need a goalie. We think Price is going to be healthy for the season." we don't really care if we make the playoffs or not. Right. Um, so if we have to go with Montembeau, we'll go with Montembeau. We're okay with that. Um, we'll trade you Allen, but we want you to take Joel or Mia and it's three and a half million or expiring contract, probably go on LTR IR Paul Byron. If you do that, we'll take a second or third pick. The second would have to be 2024. But uh and and we'll call it even. Montreal loses, you know, five million on their on their cap with the 2.8 and the 3.4, a little almost six six million. And then they sign doc, they sign primo, and they have a little bit of money in the bank in case they need to pick a goalie off the waiver wire or sign a free agent goalie to help uh if price isn't healthy. That was my suggestion. Um, mine was more looking at use Allen as a way to dump some salary and get rid of a high paid bottom six winger, um, and give room for maybe a, a Yelonen or a someone like that to pop a uh, Harvey Pinard or someone like that to pop up into the, into the Habs lineup. Cause right now, if you're a winger in the Habs organization, you're stuck in Laval unless an injury happens.
0: And I agree. I think that's a good uh a good way to look at it. If you're going to move Jake Allen, Mm. use it to an advantage. Get something of value in return. It's and I agree, it's not gonna be you're not gonna trade him for a first round pick. I mean, it's ridiculous. But teams like Dallas who need goaltending, uh Vegas, who are definitely in need of goaltending, if the Canadians are able to offload an Armia or someone else with him, especially Vegas was into the LTIR money. Now they can, they can do that. They can go over the cap by a little bit. I think it's, I think they're going to be able to go over by about four and a half five million $5 million. Now, whatever Leonard's contract was, I think it was 5 million.
1: Leonard's five. They got Shea Weber at 7.8. So they got,
0: uh... there you go. Yeah, that's right. I I almost forgot about that. Yeah. They got almost 14 uh, million in,
1: and ltir yeah. relief so
0: so why not why not they use your ltir that they're a team that's going to be spending money hand over fist anyway so why not although i don't know why they didn't use some of that money on patch already but uh, that's that's on them
1: um yeah. well i don't yeah. think Reddy is a fan of vegas so <laughs> it's weird um
0: but no i mean if it if you do move out, and that does leave Montembeau and Price. Now, that's where the whole question mark with Price comes in. Montembeau played 38 games last year. And, I mean, he had some good games. He had some bad games. He played hurt throughout some of that. So, I mean, would I care if he played 40 to 45 games? Not really. I think he's going to do what he did last year and have a save percentages around
1: 895 to 900. Was he that high last
0: year? I think he was 898. Just up, really? I, I, I'm, don't quote me on that, but it's around there. Uh, but if he can be in that range, I mean, it's not going to do much to help the defense and they are going to lose games because of it, but he's not that bad that they're going to be blown out of the
1: water. Well, well. I'm not a Montembeau fan. <laughs> but no,
0: and I mean uh, I like the guy for what he is, but he's not he's not a an he's NHL. Not star. An,
1: he's not an NHL. I don't think he's an NHL backup. But having said that, this season, who cares? Really. Who who you know, like exactly? Who cares? Because Montreal A is not making the playoffs. I highly doubt they finish higher than bottom ten. Um, if price is unhealthy and they trade Allen, you're looking at bottom five. Um, and who cares? Like if, if anyone thinks Montreal is making the playoffs this year, you're, you're living in, you're living in a pipe dream. I highly doubt they make the playoffs next year. Um, I just want to see progression and the development this year is all about development. I want to see the ghoulies and the yolanins and the, and the Harrises and the, skis and the Caulfields and the Suzukis all improve that's what I want to see I don't care about Huffman I don't care about I, I like to see Gallagher have a good season I mean there are if you look at the team overall they're not a terrible team their forward group is not bad I mean you have to put a Drew and a Huffman and a Dadanov on your fourth line I'm not complaining about that right you got a 20 goal scorer on your fourth line um but when you look at defense, you're like, Ugh. <laughs> and then if you don't There's have price, either, they're
0: either too young or they're not that good. They're not good enough to play in the role.
1: Correct. I mean, they have good defensemen. Evenson, Savard, Matheson, and Weidman are all good defensemen, but they're all bottom six, bottom two, bottom pairing defensemen. They're 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 two through four or three four three through three six, two. right? Yeah. You don't have a a weber slash you don't have a markov p k Subin here, I said it you don't have a markov p k Subin right they could get p k Subin <laughs> no, I meant p k Subin when he played with Georges and markov, and he didn't have yeah. to worry about his inability to play defense <laughs> so um they don't have that so but that's okay because we don't care that we don't have that this year. Because your Caden goolies and your Jordan Harris's and maybe your your Logan Mayus are going to be maybe in the future your one-two guys. Maybe, maybe. Montreal doesn't have a superstar, doesn't have a bona fide top-line, top pairing guy in their system. Goolie maybe. I think Goolie teeters on that. But uh he's the defense guy that's gonna be on the top pairing, not the not, in my opinion. Um so yeah, like I look at it and go, who cares? Like, why are you so worried about winning games? Right? Like, this is not the year we need to worry about winning games. Year three, next year, and the year after, that's when you got to start worrying about progressing and winning games. Not now.
0: And and that's why next year there's going to be all that extra cap space as well. So they got room to extend Caulfield. They've got room to make uh, a couple of signings to kind of support the younger players who have taken that next step this season so this is where like you said they have to focus on the development so that those guys are ready to take that step next year and that's the year where they're going to be able to spend a little bit to compete for a playoff spot and jake allen's contract is up at the end of this season will he be back the following season i don't know i mean he he loves montreal but he likes winning hockey as well (laughs) as well so maybe he goes to a team that's closer to competing and he can play in a tandem there. So why not trade him? Well, I, if you get something of value,
1: Vegas, Dallas, all those guys can use a goalie and all of them are looking at the playoffs next year. Um, yep. But then again, you can also wait to the trade deadline when one of these teams is desperate for a goalie and then go, all right, now I want your first round pick. <laughs> you know? So it, yeah, it's in the
0: driver's seat. He he can move guys when he needs to, but right now he still needs to make some space to sign Kirby Doc.
1: Yeah, uh, they have two hundred thousand dollars. Even if they put Byron on LTIR, that's probably only going to be half the season. So then you got to find money when he comes off it. Um, Yeah, a contract could be, but it only has to be between three and four million dollars. That's all they got to move. I think Doc comes in between two and a half and three and a half around that around that range i
0: don't think he gets past two
1: 2.5 we'll see uh, i think it's
0: 1.7 to 2.5 that's the range i think he'll be in
1: keiko got two 2.2 or something like that with the rangers they have the similar numbers and he's in montreal so you're gonna have to i i think he gets two and a half or higher personally that's what i think uh if he gets 1.7 i'm dancing in the streets on it um, uh, so. And then you have Primo, you going to sign, but you can bury his money in the in the in the minors because he he he's not he's waiver eligible, so you can just throw him down into. He's going to be in Laval anyway, so his really isn't going to count right now. I mean, it would count now, but it won't count when the season starts. Um. So then you have the ten point five million dollar fucking elephant in the room <laughs> of Carey Price, which. Again, from reading a lot of Facebook posts, he should be traded because he's done and he's no good anymore and Montreal can't use him. So my question to you is, well, if he's done and he's no good, what team is going to want to take him?
0: Well, I mean, any team would love a guy like that because he's done. Or just buy him out. I mean, the guy with the full no move clause and you might save, what is it, like 50 grand?
1: All right, so you buy carry price out you still got to pay over eight, almost $9 million on your cap in his first four years. <laughs> because everyone seems to forget that there's signing bonuses that are involved with these buyouts. And that is calculated into the uh, AAV of the buyout in the later years. So <laughs> anyone who says bio carry price, that would be the dumbest thing Montreal ever did because in the first four years, they save around $1.3 million a year. Then it's not over after four years, like his actual contract would be, mm-hmm. you add four more years onto that and now you're losing cap space each year. He's bought out. Seven million so, dollars worth. Yeah, around there. Yeah. So yeah, no, buying out is not an option. Trading carry price is up to carry price. <laughs> Only carry price can say whether or not he's going to be traded or not because there's no move clause. So dumping carry prices salary to say, Arizona is not going to happen. Cause why would carry price want to play in his last four seasons in Arizona? Not at all. <laughs> so he would have to go to a contending team. And when I say a contending team, I mean a team that has a chance to win a Stanley cup, but just needs a goaltender. None of those teams have the cash even if you take 50% of of, of Price's contract, which again, doesn't make any sense because you're still paying $5 million a year, right? Um, To move them. So anyone sitting here saying trade carry Price, you obviously have not really looked at his contract and you haven't looked at how hard that would be. The only thing I can see him doing is not caring about a cup and saying he'll go to St. Seattle. That's the only way I see him getting driven. That's
0: it. Well, Vancouver, maybe, maybe. But
1: can Vancouver I mean,
0: afford him? <laughs> no, not unless he's at 50%. And yeah. I mean, let's be honest, trading him at a 50% cap retention is still better off than buying him out. And doesn't matter what they do or what they want to do,
1: Carey Price has the final say. He does. He can sit there saying, say, no, I want to finish my career in Montreal. And guess what? However, if he's done, and not coming back, you have $10.5 million of LTIR for the next four years.
0: Or, being that, you know, Jeff Molson owns a beer company that makes a fortune, why not let him retire and then just hire him on at $10.5 million a year for four years working at the brewery?
1: <laughs> slapping, slapping bottles and boxes.
0: <laughs> yeah, doing the uh, Laverne and Shirley thing.
1: a spokesman he's in every beer commercial (laughs) when i go fishing i drink molson canadians when i'm out riding my bulls
0: don't catch (laughs) yeah if i don't catch fish i catch a hangover with molson canadians
1: (laughs) (laughs) but anyway like before you yell trade carry price you really take a dive into what that actually means because it's not that easy it's not
0: i agree Now, we're we're well past our hour. Uh, We've been on live on Zoom the entire time. We've been getting comments from uh, J.D. Laganage has sent us comments. Uh, Other listeners have sent us comments. So we want to thank everybody for interacting with us us there. Um, Do you have any final thoughts?
1: J.D.? He wrote a good article about not trading island. If you want to read up that, read the other side of, of the story. Uh that it was it was pretty good on sharing the logo. So go there and, and say that. Also, uh our buddies at Raw Knuckles. Don't forget, uh, if you're not going to listen to us, at least listen to them. Um, they have a great podcast out. Um they've been on our show, they're good friends with 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 the show. Uh so listen to Raw Knuckles. They have, you know, they've had Patcheretti on. Caulfield, Suzuki, uh, no, they didn't have Suzuki, but Caulfield and Pacioretty's one's interesting because it has a lot of interesting comments about Vegas. So, Um, anyway, other than that, that's all I got to (laughs) say.
0: Yeah. And uh, for me, I want to say thank you everyone for sending us these comments, sending us uh, emails, interacting with us. Um, uh, You know, and and go check out uh, Locked On Canadians. Uh, I'm going to be a guest on the show this week, uh, I believe Monday. Uh, You know, I, I mean, we've been we've been pumping the tires of all these shows: Habs tonight, uh, Locked On Canadians, Happy Hour. I'd like to I'd like to note to the folks over at Happy Hour that despite all these years, you guys didn't have me at all. But Locked On Canadians, you guys, you guys are the best.
1: It's all right. No, nobody has me on their shows, so.
0: It's okay we do i have you on this one all the time lucky you Matt that comes back yeah right <laughs> all right so i want to thank everyone for listening for interacting and remember if you are talking about it so are we <laughs> We at Habs Unfiltered have formed partnerships with some wonderful groups that have provided us with free goods. We want to let you, our friends, join in and enjoy these products and save. No Name Hockey will provide you 10% off if you use the promo code HABS10 at nonamehockey.co Seatgiant.com will provide you 35% off your purchasing fees if you use the code UNFILTER20. If you are living in the Maritimes, specifically Nova Scotia, please go ahead and pay a visit to Boxing Rock Brewery. There's several locations throughout the province, Shelburne, Nova Scotia, and now one on Almond Street in Halifax. Pop in, say hi, tell them the boys at Habs Unfiltered sent you, and you will be surprised by what kind of discounts they will provide.